Hello and welcome to episode 65 of Kaiju Curry House, the fortnightly show that gives you a healthy dose of kaiju goodness every other Monday. I'm joined by my fantastic co-hosts, Mr. Alex, the lover of all things Megalon, and international man of mystery, Mr. Smokey Joe. Today's episode, we are going to discuss the original King Kong versus Godzilla. But before we get into that, we need to know, Joe, what have Kaiju been up to? Uh, I have been organizing my office and ordering things I should not. Um, trying to stay on a budget, but gosh darn it, X Plus and Star Ace, they keep doing this thing to me where they just tug at my heartstrings. So I already have a Redosaurus on order. I went for black and white. And then the second I saw the Talos fig, I had to have it because of that base. I have been to Crete, where Talos was originally supposed to uh, come from. He was the first automaton, uh, steam-powered, no less. But uh, I saw that, and that was incredible. And then I think it's the Spring Festival. They have teased the painted Kraken and a 2019 flying sculpt Rodan. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I have not seen a flying sculpt Rodan yet. So I am quite interested defo in real, that. Other than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. defo real. Yeah. Yeah, but defo real stuff on account. Um, <laughs> although I saw the defo real Gamera and I was thinking, my brother likes Gamera. That could be like a good, you know, gateway yeah. uh, figure for him. Absolutely. So that's what I've been doing. Um, I watched some of the Pacific Rim cartoon on Netflix. It's not half bad. It's not half bad. It's uh, it's better than the cart the Godzilla anime that they did. So okay, the first Godzilla anime that they did. I guess we can say that now. Yes. Okay. But that is what I have been up to. Alex, what have mm. Kaiju been up to? Oh, thank you for asking. After tuning in to Gargantua Cast, I decided that I would have a rewatch of the host, and. I was thinking back to when I first learned about the host, and it was actually one of our earlier episodes when we all did a movie review. Yeah. And uh, Paul, you were the first person to recommend it. And I remember how you said that it's a great film, but actually it's quite sad. Yeah, yeah, yeah kids. It's not fun. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think that over the years, I've come to appreciate the host more and more because the first time I watched it, it was with a couple of friends. And the vibe was just not quite right because they said, oh, play us one of your dumb monster movies. I'm like, all right, well, I've got the host. And I played them that. And they were like, ah, this is dumb. And then a couple of minutes later, oh, wow, that's escalated. And then about an hour later, ah, it's funny again. Ah, that's really sad. Oh, wow. And just, it's, it's all over the place. And I think the mood of the film is kind of eclectic. And I, I don't do it enough service. So uh, have a listen to Gargantua Cast because they do a wonderful review of it. But on re-watching it, I found myself thinking that there are few films that are as good a contender where the, the human plot, if anything, is better than the monster action. I'm not saying the monster action isn't good, I think that the, the monster in the host is amazing, but the human plot's compelling. I, I just think the family unit and the characters are brilliantly written. And yeah, it, I, I have enjoyed it more and more. I'm on my fourth watch now, and I think the host is a wonderful film. So on watching that, mm. yeah, I thought I'm going to recommend that. Paul, what have Kaiju been up to? Well, seeing as Joe's mentioned it, I'm going to talk about Defo Real for a second. 
because after seeing the Ray Harryhausen X Plus stuff come out and wondering what happened to Biolante Defo Real, you... it, fi- it finally got revealed at how much? Mm. $150 for the standard, $200 for one that lights up. For a Defo Two- Real. Two hundred dollars for a light up Defo Real. Now, it is, it, I mean, it's about as big as a twenty centimeter figure. Well, that's the thing. Def, I it's love Defo Real because it's small. It fits on my shelf. It's yeah. it's cheap. It's under hundred dollars. What happened? <laughs> they just suddenly threw that rule book yeah. out and said, "Actually, like, we're going to make it big and expensive." And it's a hundred dollars all in, including the postage. It's that you know you you come yeah. away with something which okay, you you've spent a hundred dollars, but that's it. Job done. It's over. And yeah. I, I looked at the the bow and I thought, oh, that looked that looks cool, but it's a lot. But how can they charge fifty dollars extra just for the light when you can get that the Godzilla that lights up and does the mist for sixty two dollars? So that's that's the technology of light and the actual figure. Fifty pounds seems an awful lot of premium just for that light up feature. When you put it like that, yeah, yeah. I was going to say Biolante <laughs> being huge and everything. It's not so much a depth or real because Biolante was always like. Just a was massive big. head yeah. with some tentacles That's anyway. It. It's, it's done so to size. It just looks like Biolante, doesn't it? <laughs> it does look awesome. And yes, I have pre-ordered it. Oh, good man. Good man. <laughs> so, After all of that. Yeah, I want to rant about it, but yeah. 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 Okay, I, so, I pre-ordered the 150, the standard You, you can edition. be salty about that. I can be, yeah, I can be yeah. salty because I, I spent, I think it's 160, including shipping. So 160 pounds so you've gone for a different rail. You've gone for the non-light-up version. Yeah. But you are still complaining about the price of beans Correct. I bought that kind of beans. <laughs> I have bought that kind of beans. It's the most expensive Funko Pop that I'll yeah. ever buy. <laughs> uh, it's crazy. I can't believe that. But hey, it looks amazing. Gi- I can't wait to see it. There are giant Godzilla Funko Pops right now mm. for the current Godzilla vs. Kong movie. There are, oh, are. oh, are there? There are. Yeah, okay. they're, they're How giant are we talking? They are like a foot tall, 10 inches to 12 inches, which is like okay. you know, 25, mm. 30 centimeters. Oh, yeah, reasonable size. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I don't want that. And then I guess collectively we've all been watching trailers for um, Godzilla's Singular Point, haven't we? Yeah. That, that has been happening to us. Yeah. So, uh, Joe, you were just saying before we started recording, your thoughts? I think that's important. I think it looks like it's going to be a really good series. Uh, the animation is on point. It combines CGI and what looks like a hand-drawn aesthetic, so you get the best of both worlds there. The designs for all the monsters, while original, definitely have traits f- to satisfy hardcore fans. We have a whole bunch of monsters that aren't regularly seen. We have Rodan, Jet Jaguar, Megalon, um Hedora, Titanosaurus, uh, just to name a few. There could potentially be more. It's going to be episodic, not a film. So like I said before we started recording, it has the potential to be much longer than the anime trilogy. And from the looks of it, Netflix and Toho learned a lot from that anime trilogy. I don't necessarily knock the anime trilogy because it was trying to do something different. Yeah, And it will go down being regarded as a brave choice to do something different like that with a very traditional character. But I think Singular Point is going to offer just a lot of fun Mm. for people. And a lot of those monsters are used so seldomly that they will be very original for a lot of the newer crowd that have just got Netflix, 
don't necessarily have the $150 to spend on a Criterion collection, they're really going to enjoy it. So I think Singular Point is poised to be a very successful outing for Godzilla. See, the trouble is with a description like that, I feel like I've got nothing interesting to say by comparison, <laughs> because that was just so articulately stated. So I will say that with regards to Godzilla's Singular Point, God, um, this guy, Jet Jaguar, is going to be in it, and I'm excited about that, this boy. And I have absolutely loved seeing the reactions from people, because you've had some people on one side saying, ah, it looks hideous, that's not my Jet Jaguar, which I've laughed at, that people are so sentimental over, you know, something which is 50 years old. And on the other hand, you've got people going, ah, it's great, it looks kind of like it's, you know, build your own Jet Jaguar in your garage. So I've really enjoyed watching it. It does look strikingly close to an actual mech suit mm -hmm. so a lot of a lot of uh people have been remarking upon that the hands and the way that the legs and feet are designed they are very close to what you see in real life at the moment to a mech suit and i think that, that was really well done that the creators decided to research actual real world technology and mm. apply that to jet jaguar's design i think that was awesome like when I saw the first tra trailer and like Titanosaurus in it, and Titanosaurus rather than having legs has flippers, I was just like, oh, now that's cool. That is an aquatic kaiju, mm. but it still had enough of the design to tell that's him or her. Yeah. So I thought it was really, really cool. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't think that much about it. I thought, that looks different. I'll watch it when it comes on. <laughs> that was pretty much my mindset, to be honest. Calm and measured. Yeah. What I did see the other day was um, Michael Gross and Kevin Bacon teaming up for the first time since the original Tremors. Mm. Yeah. And we had to mention. We've had the nod. There <laughs> I don't we, know we had to mention that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, he says Tremors in the advert, so hey. It's great. Maybe, maybe there'll be another film. Maybe. But for now, let's talk about our theme for the evening. So take it away, Paul. Right. King Kong versus Godzilla, which I completely forgot was actually only the third film in the franchise. It was? And so first only in the... colour. First in colour, yeah. And it's the first that kind of goes a slightly bit lighter in tone, isn't it? I mean, it's still... It was intended as a, a satiric <sighs> comedy, actually. Oh, was it really? Yeah, oh. it was. Okay. So I mean... that's why a lot of the dialogue is very lighthearted and it's poking fun. Um... There's a lot of history behind this movie and a lot of things that happened with it. But if you just take a step back and rewatch it after I've said that now, <laughs> you'll, you'll view it in a different light because why on earth would it make sense for an advertising company for television to abduct King Kong and bring him to Japan? And secondly, where did they get the money to do this? Well, we don't question where they got the money, but they do it for the publicity. <laughs> Exactly. That's the, that's the same story as that thing. Yeti film. <clears throat> they capture a Yeti to use it as an advertising thing. And Gorgo. Name the one kaiju yeah. movie I haven't seen. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and you say, yeah, Gorgo was brought Gorgo. For, to be a circus attraction. So it's not yeah. unusual. They're, they're yes, always... But, you know, the in lots of films... Gorgo was so much smaller than that <laughs> King Kong. Mm. So much smart. Now, Mama Bear, Gorgo, <laughs> was, you know, like... She was big. Yeah, yeah, you wouldn't try and bring her the back. The baby 
the baby fit on the back of a lorry. You have to remember. I mean, that, that that's like Jurassic Park. You know, that's okay. But Kong, you know, like he was standing toe to toe with Godzilla there in that mm -hmm. film. I'm like, yeah, this is an interesting decision. But uh, yeah, the Pacific Pharmaceutical Company they uh, they needed to really think about that there. So I'll tell you what I know about King Kong versus Godzilla, and what then I'm sure, what I know, and then I'm sure that other people can kind of fill in more details because I'm quite a novice to this film. As you said, Paul, it was um, the third film of the Toho Godzilla franchise. It's the first one in colour, and it's the first King Kong film since the 1933 film. Have I got that right? There was Son of Kong. Was but, that was that uh, before? Pardon? Was that before? Was Son of, was Son of Kong before? Oh yeah, it was like the year after that the 33 King Kong came out. Oh, okay. Such success, they were just like, put out another one! Right, <laughs> um, and how well was Son of Kong received? Ooh, I mean, okay. like, you didn't even know about it. That, that, that kind well. of gives you all you need to know. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, what else do I know about it? There's the whole kind of urban legend of depending on which cut you watch, Kong wins or Godzilla wins. I love that legend. That was like, amazing. Yeah, that's yeah. Not true. That and, had a life of its own for so long. And as I understand it, it had a life of its own because, you know, pre-internet days, people couldn't kind of fact check on Wikizilla. And the access to original Japanese cuts would have been more limited. So, you know, us all getting excited about the Criterion Collection is genuinely a big deal. And we're talking about, you know, 2018, 2019 when these are coming out. So I can imagine people right through the 80s being excited about, uh, oh, which cut have you watched? Oh, and that one, Godzilla wins. Oh, well, the one I saw, you know, King Kong wins. It's, just, it's bonkers how that must have taken off. I'd say that it was probably early 90s to mid 90s when that took off because VHS mm. really came out like mid 80s, didn't it? Sure. So by the time that you got the licensing and everything, it probably would have been like early 90s when you started to see those video cassettes starting to hit shelves. But I do remember hearing about that and it was really interesting because it was in the early days of internet and it was more of just like a circle of whispers sort of thing. Mm. What got started is just like, oh, well, the Japanese cut, it's quite different, but you do hear Godzilla's roar at the end implying that he has survived. Yeah. And through word of mouth, you know, internet gossip, it turned into, ah, the Japanese cut Godzilla is alive to, ah, the Japanese cut Kong loses. And, you know, you just, you just get this- Snowball you know, effect. Like, yeah, the snowball yeah. effect and eventually, you know, it reaches. But that was never actually the case. Um, the Criterion Collection, like you just called out, we have it now, and it does. It just has Godzilla's roar at the end as Kong swims away. And that's all that there was. And I guess that what that was was Toho leaving the door open for a sequel, which was Mothra versus Godzilla, Godzilla versus the thing, you know, however you want to word it. But um, yeah, it it uh that was really cool and I, I i love that memory because i was trolled so furiously by <laughs> my brother and father about how king kong beat the dumb lizard and i was in such a godzilla camp and it got to a point where i got grounded for even bringing up the argument again what <laughs> grounded to say godzilla didn't okay, die yeah, so basically <laughs> for those of you who don't know what grounding is in this day and age it meant no television mm. Serious. 
which was very serious in the 90s. Today, it'd be like, I'm changing the Wi-Fi password, kids. But um, yeah, I, uh, I remember we were driving in the car and my brother was trolling me and I started going off on a tangent. And my dad said, Joe, if you say Godzilla one more time, you're going to be grounded. And I was just sitting there steaming in the back saying, you know, like he's ordered it. <laughs> but yeah, you know, great memory that. And I just, to this day, I remember the, like bitter feuds that we had over that to the point where my brother still like as the new Godzilla versus Kong movie comes out, I'm getting, you know, like that fluttering of like, Oh, Joe, he could lose. He could lose again. <laughs> but yeah, fun times. In contrast to the original King Kong, there is not much stop, uh, stop motion animation. There's only a couple of moments. I think there's that point when I think Godzilla does a donkey kick on They're King on Kong. Mount Fuji. Yeah. And there there was it's kind of a kangaroo kick. He goes up on his tail. Kangaroo kick. Oh he yeah. It's Kong. Yeah. I as I understand it, that's the only uh, stop mm. motion point that I I remember. There was like a really weird little puppet of Godzilla waggling his tail as he was supposedly walking up Mount yeah. Fuji while Kong is being airlifted. And incidentally, I mean, like, I don't mean to spoil anything, but that was in one of the recent trailers for Godzilla vs. Kong. Like, oh, great, they're airlifting Kong again. There seems to be some kind of fascination with making Kong fly. But um, <clears throat> they need berry juice. That's what they yeah, need in this new movie. The stuff. They, they, they knock him out with berry juice so that they can airlift him in the new movie. That would be the be-all, end-all. Well, you never know. But yeah, you <laughs> never do. But... Um, <clears throat> Yeah, that was really good. I think there were plans to use a lot more stop-motion animation than there was, because in the original Godzilla, there's a brief stop-motion moment where his tail hits the side of a building, and I think that it was just such a time-consuming process that it just never got off the ground to do it, because um, as much as people loved Godzilla in Japan, King Kong was such a huge influence on this genre, and they love King Kong as well. I mean, it's a classic, obviously, in its own right. Oh, of course. But one of the one of the big things that the huge draw that this film had is it actually had King Kong in it, and that's what made it essentially the jaws of the Japanese film industry. But no Frankenstein. Ah, yeah. So there you go. <laughs> yeah. Originally, this film was supposed to be King Kong versus Frankenstein, and. We discussed this previously, but the Frankenstein wasn't going to be human parts. He was going to, it, I guess would be a better word, it was going to be sewn together from the parts of African animals, and it was going to fight Kong, hmm. which that lends a bit more to horror, and it yeah. would have been a very interesting design to see how that would have come off. But, you know, Kong would have had, a, they wouldn't have had to blow up the size. It could have been a fight in the streets. It would have been really interesting from that standpoint to see it, but um, I think in the end it was just the sheer star power of uh, getting American audiences to go, oh, it's Godzilla, Godzilla versus King Kong, you know, East versus West, all this other great stuff. And it just, it, it became the movie that it is. And that is our natural segue for the first break. Welcome back to Kaiju Curry House. This is the second part of our episode where we are talking about the original King Kong versus Godzilla. That's right, the 60s film, not the brand new one, but we'll be discussing that very shortly. Joe, when did you first see this film? A long time ago, in a country far, far away. Um, 
and you are quite old so how long ago <laughs> that was harsh yeah, yeah. um we're gonna go at least 26 years ago oh wow so you and saw it as a child yeah i saw it as a child so in i think our it was our first episode uh i i told you guys how i came across like godzilla films uh there was a movie rental place not too far away and they had a bunch of godzilla films they were dinosaur films more or less outside of the children's section I mean, you can be a kid and rent the same dinosaur film over and over again, but eventually you're going to want something different. So my father, my poor father, because um, he doesn't like Godzilla, uh, he introduced me to Godzilla, and here we are. So anyway, uh, I saw Terror of Mechagodzilla first, Godzilla 1985, and then we went to a Suncoast video in a mall. I think we were waiting to see Beauty and the Beast, Lion King, something of that nature at the cinema. And in Suncoast, you know, you can browse VHSs. They had a whole bunch of the Toho, Godzilla, Rodan, you know, like movies. And I saw Godzilla and King Kong. Now I'd already owned King Kong. I had the old black and white, like, uh, something anniversary like fit like 50th anniversary or something like that and it actually had like a little button on the cover you could press it and you get king kong's roar and i had that so i was like godzilla fought king kong oh i'm having some of that so watched it and i have many fond memories with it uh one of my best good friends jared he and i grew up watching that film and it was just really fun like summer memories just watching that movie going to the pool what have you first thoughts when i saw it um bitter disappointment the radioactive death dragon got beat by a giant monkey um that was not cool however uh he didn't just get beat the second time you know it was more of a tie because he resoundingly won the first matchup which he was just basically kong brought a rock to a flamethrower fight but uh I thought it was really good. Um, I really enjoyed it because they had the kind of like snippets meant for American audience where we went to like the uh, world news or something like that. And they would have the, you know, American paleontologist talking with the news presenter, you know, like Godzilla has a brain of about this size. He has sheer brute force. While Kong, on the other hand, is a thinking animal. And it's just, you know, like that little bit. And while that may just be well below the mark for an adult audience, it was just the thing for a young boy to see and like make sense of the adventure for him. And the fact that there are tones of racism, there are over the head jokes where, you know, like it's meant to be a satire. I never saw that. Um, there are gross paleontological errors that are being made, but when you're young, it's just the magic of cinema, and it's just these two baddies coming together and fighting. Now, Godzilla raids again, or uh, Gigantus the Fire Monster, or whatever, the one that came, preceded this film, it was as rare as hen's teeth back in the day. So this was the second in the line. And if you didn't know that that previous film existed after Godzilla King of the Monsters, you were just fine. You could step in line quite easily. But it was color, he had this big reptilian design, it's an iconic design, 
when you're young and a kid, it's easy to draw his dorsal plates because it's just this one massive row. And it was iconic in all the right senses. There's the big palace that they destroy, like, you know, towards the end. I think that's Osaka Castle. And, you know, like they, they pummel each other into the ocean, knock down, drag out, fight, lightning, forest fire, whole nine yards. And it was great. It was just a knockdown, drag out fight. And I loved every second of it because here was a foe that was Godzilla's equal. It wasn't a giant lobster that he made fun of. It wasn't a pebbly ogre that was a joke. It was like someone who could actually stand toe to toe with him and beat him. So yeah, that was my first impression. Guys, take it away. Paul. That's a big first impression, Joe. Sorry. I... <laughs> well, as I didn't really care about King Kong, it wasn't... <laughs> I mean, you've already hurt Alex's fan. You know, yeah, I don't want to hurt your feelings. Yeah, Jet, jet because... Jaguar, you know, who cares? Yeah. And who, then cares King Kong, who cares about King Kong? So there's a, there's a film in, back Maybe in the 30s. Maybe Graboids aren't cool, Paul. Maybe Graboids <laughs> well, aren't take cool. That, take that back. <laughs> but here we are, King Kong versus, it's the third film in the Godzilla franchise, and it's called King Kong versus Godzilla, and he wins at the end. Why is, why is King Kong so special? He got top billing because he was the more famous monster. He hadn't done a film for about 30 years and suddenly he gets the billing title? He was What's all that about? He was the reigning champion of cinema. He was top billing. He was the most famous monster. They did that because more audiences around the world would recognize King Kong than they did Godzilla because it was only Godzilla's third outing. And the second film wasn't particularly great. First one was well, good. Give you that. So there was one, a which sounds a bit like King Kong. The first film is recognized as like a masterpiece. The second film, not so much. And then this is also Kong's third film. Yeah, in a sense yeah. it is. Okay. I mean, it did, it did well. It made like 10 times its budget or whatever. So it yeah. obviously went down well with audiences. Um, I can't remember when I first saw it. I'm trying to think if it was part of um, Channel 4's Creature feature they did back in the 90s or if I'd... I, I know I bought it on an American VHS. So I had to have a multi-region VHS player in order to see it, which I wouldn't have got to the late 90s at the earliest. But I definitely watched it recently thanks to the Criterion Collection. And oh yeah, we all dragged that out. Yeah, well, that's it. It's, it's like, well, I spent 150 quid on this. I'm going to watch it. The thing is too, <laughs> so you get the Criterion Collection and it's not there, like in order, like where's the Japanese no. version of Godzilla vs. Kong? I was told that this was in there. You have like this <laughs> mini heart attack, right? And then you go to the end, and it's like it's in this. It's tucked away in the special features. So I'm just like, yeah, it's there. Criterion, you did that. It's a troll <laughs> move. You did. I'm, I'm looking at you. If you're watching this YouTube or listening to this podcast, I see you for what you are, trolls. But it was good fun, as you say. It's a constant fight. I mean, we get to see them throw rocks at each other, and King Kong gets singed, um, and my kids love it. So. You know, there's that. I'm glad that it's, it's you know, something that all ages can watch and have a bit of fun with. But it, it definitely doesn't rank high on my list of Godzilla films I'd want to watch. Sorry. Um, Alex, what are you, your thoughts on the film? I saw this film too late in my life. Okay. Um... The first time I watched this film was... You mean like I... you, you, you want to make up for lost time or it just doesn't appeal <laughs> to you now because of your age? I think it's the latter. 
I yeah. watched this film for the first time after getting the Criterion Collection. I'd never seen the film before. Exactly, yes. Yeah. So there's no nostalgia. I have absolutely no that. nostalgia. So when I got the Criterion Collection, I had the intention of plugging a couple of gaps, which I believe were King Kong versus Godzilla, Godzilla Raids again. And you know what? I think those were the two. <laughs> I, I'd, I'd seen most of them, but I, I still, I wanted the collection. I wanted yeah, of course. The, all of the shower films back to back. And I was really buying the Criterion Collection so that I could have my sort of late 60s Destroy All Monsters kind of onwards up to Terror of Godzilla uh, as a collection. And I got that. And then when I finally came to watch the King Kong vs. Godzilla, I had the problem that Joe had, which is, you know, I was looking for the Japanese version, um, wanting to be a snob. And I was like, ah, I want to watch the Japanese version first. And I looked through the discs and kind of thought, chronologically, well, it's got to be around number two or number three in the discs. And I got out number two or number three, whatever, which one it was, put it in. And it's like, you know, American version, looking around, <laughs> you know, swearing to myself. And then by that point, I couldn't be bothered to look for the Japanese version. First world problems. So I went, ah, I'll watch the American version. I'll do that because I'd not seen either at this point. Yeah. And I played it. And I found the racist stereotypes jarring. I, I think that's fair enough. I mean, you know, why wouldn't I? But I was thinking about it for a comparison. Have either of you guys seen Short Circuit? Yes. The kids' sci fi uh, film. Um, watch that I mean, not now but as soon as possible watch that film is it a great film um nostalgia tells me yes it's probably not now thank you well that, <laughs> that was kind of like one of my favorite kids films yeah exactly i like, love that film along with flight of a navigator those were kind of films that i oh, flight of the navigator there you got disney plus check it yeah. out it's higher <laughs> soundtrack is beach boys yeah Brilliant. and flight of a navigator and Short Circuit were kind of like my childhood films that sort of made me like an 80s geek, so to speak. And I think if I'd watched something like King Kong vs. Godzilla at that age, I would kind of be able to not necessarily notice and pass by some of the more problematic elements. However, because I'm watching this film as an adult, I'm like, oh man, all of the Japanese actors... Uh, like they've got dark face and I'm just like, uh, I guess that's better than white actors in black. It's it's not really though, is it? And then I'm laughing. To or... defend it, to defend it. Uh, uh, I know I'm taking a risky stance. Yeah, yeah. I apologize. It is racist. I'm going to say I, I, I'm gonna I don't like racism. Mike, you... <laughs> <laughs> I don't like racism, but I'm going to say that the film might've been done on a budget and finding that number of people in the area that they were doing the studio and auditioning at that time period, it might not have been feasible. So makeup. Yeah. I, I, I can't fault them for a necessary budget thing. Yeah. Kong lives on an island with South Sea natives. Mm. So from, from that standpoint, I'm willing to forgive a little bit, but at the same yeah. time, 
this was their own race on Skull Island. You could have yeah. had them be anybody. Yeah. But yes, it's, it's decisions are, you can look at in retrospect. You know, there are many more films of that kind of time period that are far more jarring than this. But kind of, I watched it and I just felt a bit uneasy. And I think the point that I felt a bit kind of, uh, I'm not liking this, was when the two intrepid explorers they are. Uh, giving smokes to little kids. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's the part when they're giving. That's out the... a sign of the times right there. No, so that was fine back then. Exactly, but uh, while I laughed at that, I was like, you know, it's of its time. It's yeah. of its time. You know, uh, the part that I didn't like was when you know the the natives are sort of bowing down in anticipation of Kong. And they're laughing and sort of like, ah, oh, look at these people. They're so stupid because, you know, and I was like, uh, I understand what you said earlier about how that, you know, there's sort of this satire in it. But I, I just, I think I found that part of the film a bit kind of cruel and not really funny. So it just didn't really strike right with me. And then when I actually got to the monster action between King Kong and Godzilla, I started to enjoy it more. And there's there's funnier elements to it. Like I, I love the part when the tree is being you know rammed down Godzilla's oh, yeah. by, Peter by broccoli. Yeah, yeah. I've seen <laughs> it's great. So I, I just kind of I have this jostling feeling with King Kong versus Godzilla, where it's like I have to work to get something out of it. And as a result of that, because there are so many films from this era, and so many films that I like more. I would far sooner say, ah, this, this film's great. And because I love King Kong Escape so much, like, I, I genuinely love it. Not ironically. I think King Kong Escapes is a fantastic film. It's a fun film. It's just it, is, fun. it is a fun film. I don't necessarily think it's a remarkably well-made film, but I think it's a camp, quirky film. Yes. And I think Mechani Kong's wonderful. I think Doctor Who's character is ridiculous. Um, you know, it's flourish. <laughs> yeah, I think the Kate Bush is wonderful. So, because of that, I just don't feel the incentive to kind of work at King Kong versus Godzilla to enjoy it. Does that make any sense, guys? Oh no, I totally yeah. get it. Yeah. To to look at or revisit the point that you made earlier about the two protagonists or yeah. the two goofballs that are making fun of the Islander religion, mm. I'm going to use another film, Abbott and Costello Meet Frankenstein. So we have Bud Abbott and Lou Costello, and you know one character is the learned, logical one, and the other one is more open to be manipulated by events and see coincidences for more than the, what they are. So at the beginning of the movie, we have you know our impressionable fellow reading Dracula's title card in a wax museum. And he's getting more and more worked up the more he reads and he's starting to like see things whereas the logical one keeps coming in and saying oh it's nonsense don't worry about it but the gag is is that dracula is actually in that wax museum it's the perfect place to hide and he keeps seeing real things so for me that can almost be interpreted as part of the humor because at the end of that scene those two guys do get spooked and they do start to yeah. kneel down and start to pray mm. so it's i think that that's poking fun at the lack of acceptance and the holding on to logic and not accepting the new mm. or what could be but you know that, that's a gag that's been repeated in many films and i think that it's used to good effect in some maybe not in king kong versus godzilla 
but uh, or maybe at least not to everybody's take but i think that that was intended as a gag yeah i do now want to watch the japanese cut i think that that might be worth my time it's different um, that's for sure one thing that i miss from the american cut and the japanese cut is the american cut the soundtrack is the soundtrack from creature from the black lagoon yes yeah it's the, and, because it's universal yeah. studios isn't yeah. it yeah yeah they they released it and i love creature from the black lagoon and like that soundtrack like that just reinforces my nostalgia around this movie if anything so but again i don't have any nostalgia associated with creature from the black lagoon the first ever time i watched I that film was when i came so to disappointing <laughs> yeah, but I, I, I haven't seen it either i, I only saw it mm. recently really on um joe's recommendation so I'm no my, my At least you guys take hints. That's what I'll say. Yeah, my first <laughs> viewing of Creature was watching the 3D version, you know, sort of in a blacked out room at your place. So, you know, as late as I've come to that film, I immediately fell in love with it and thought, yes, I can see why this was loved back when it was released. I can see why you love it um, now and, yeah, how, how well it's aged. And I think that there are many films of King Kong vs. Godzilla's time period that have aged like a fine wine. I yeah. don't hold this film in that category. I think that it's a very interesting film, but I think that it it's it has a lot of qualities that, um, just, yeah, for me, haven't aged. Just as simple as that. People will talk about it because it's it's a turning point in Godzilla's career when he became famous enough to battle King Kong, which was already regarded as a classic at that time. Mm. So it's the first versus movie. It's oh, yeah. fighting a notable villain. It's, or, you know, notable... I mean, who's the villain? Yeah, but sorry, well, is he's Godzilla the villain. still the villain, isn't he? Sorry, yeah. sorry, sorry. But this but, you point, know, like, I'm, I'm used to Shadow Godzilla <laughs> being good. But, exactly. um, but you know, like, he he's fighting you know a notable monster and it's one of those films where you can tell that they had started to aim at a wider american audience hmm, absolutely so, so it, it had gone from gojira which was a cathartic film that was intended to be seen from a japanese standpoint to king kong versus godzilla where they were actively targeting an american audience as yeah. well as their own so there are a lot there are a lot of things that come together that influence Godzilla's later filmography in this film. And I think that's why it's always going to be talked about. This film's a clear export, isn't it? And it's it's yeah. that's very apparent. Yeah. Right, let's take our second break and then let's explore what the legacy of this film is and speak about the upcoming Kong vs. Godzilla film. Hello and welcome back to Kaiju Curry House. Tonight we are talking about King Kong versus Godzilla. And in this, the final segment of our podcast tonight, we are going to be discussing the upcoming Godzilla versus Kong, the 2021, I guess it's had multiple years in which it was going to be released now, remake. And uh, yeah, so there we go. Gentlemen, are you excited about the new movie? Uh, 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 Joe! Are you excited <laughs> about this film? Uh, I'll tell you after I see it. <laughs> I told you, there's a lot riding for me in my family dynamic with this new film. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If Godzilla true. wins, I feel good. If Godzilla doesn't win, 
I get all that crap. It's just, it's going to come bubbling back up to the surface. Okay. So Godzilla's either got to win or it's got to be a draw and then you'll oh, be yeah, okay. I, I will not settle for a draw. Not even settle for a draw. He's a radioactive death dragon. He needs to win. But can they not become friends and team up against a bigger threat? Is that okay? What kind of bigger threat are we talking about? Oh, I don't you know. know. What they should do. They should put Mechagodzilla in it. That would oh, be really oh. cool. Write that down. That's, that's a great idea. Yeah. That's I like that. Yeah. That's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you know what would even be better is if they went to the Hollow Earth and found Titanosaurus. Nice. Maybe sure. Mechagodzilla could be a city. That's a cool idea as well. Yes. Oh, yeah. Imagine if they have like nanobots that were just left unchecked for like ages. This is good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Ghidorah. Ghidorah could come back. Yes. Yeah, sure. And it could be so big that it could eat planets. Yes. Yes, yes silly. Not planet eating. No. Mm. Yeah. No. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah, we are being very. Can very Jackie would come into it? We're being yeah. very fastidious here. Sorry, listeners. Yeah. Um, I am. Oh, I think the the truth is, I'm not excited about this film, and it's got. Get abso- out. I know. It's got. <laughs> a, it's got absolutely nothing to do with the director, the aesthetics of it. Because I think it looks beautiful. I think that the trailers that have been released have been great. The Just, world needs Kong, Alex. It does. The world does. I am so tired of hearing that. And the world needs a stars guard as well. It always needs a stars guard. Um, however, the reality is that COVID has quite simply uh, sapped the fun out of me. And I think that as a British viewer, not knowing how we're going to watch it, when we're going to watch it, has kind of left me going, uh, uh. and Godzilla King of the Monsters was not without its flaws. I'm not going to start kind of uh, crapping all over it because I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I'm not one of these people who's like, ah, oh, it's an amazing film. It was a work Have of art. Have you got nostalgia goggles for the Orca yet? <laughs> that will never happen. Yeah, it will never happen. <laughs> um, but I will say that on repeated viewings of Godzilla King of the Monsters, I've enjoyed it less. I'll be honest, I have. It now kind of hangs, like it was at sort of a seven out of 10. It now hangs around sort of a six out of 10. It's kind of, yeah, it's it's canny. I like it. It's good. I don't think it's amazing. However, what I loved about Godzilla King of the Monsters was seeing it on IMAX with a big pile of popcorn in front of me and going, wow. And hearing Bear McCreary's music playing, you know, like blasting in my ears. And it was a spectacle. I said that when I was getting excited for it with the trailer and I stand by that. And I think that um, Godzilla vs. Kong this year will be a spectacle. A spectacle that I'm unlikely to see because of the delay with COVID. And do I want to sign up to HBO Max, whatever it's called, to stream it? No. It's probably going to be released on Amazon, in all fairness. I don't want to watch it on my TV. <laughs> don't want no, to no you don't. No. Um, but I'm probably going to, because I want to see it really badly. Yeah. And I'll pay to see it in IMAX yeah. later on, too. I am really excited to see kind of the lesser-known monsters. That's often kind of what's the draw for me. I love that shot in Godzilla King and Monsters when Methuselah and Skilla, whatever you call it, they all kind of come together. I know it's cheesy when they're bowing down and sort of in a um, Lion King moment, but I, I liked kind of the shot where they're all coming around. And I mean, you said it lots of times, Joe. It's great to see Toho. It's great to see studios explore 
stuff beyond the big five. That's why we're excited about Godzilla's singular point for Titanosaurus and Jet Jaguar and Angurus. And when I uh, saw that part in the trailer, um, not going to too many spoilers, but when I think I think Kong's swinging, or you know, he's, he's sort of yeah, he's swinging one of the other monsters into Godzilla. That looked great. And it's like, okay, what is that monster? You're looking a bit blank, Joe. I think he swings one of those serpenty bat things. Yeah, that into yeah. Serpent, into another serpenty bat thing. Yeah, it, it's that that might even be it. But I'd like to see the lesser known monsters because I don't know much about them. Whereas you know, it's Kong, it's Godzilla. Well, I I know them already. I've seen. I just them want to before. see Hollow Earth. I think that's cool. They've got. I mean, I, I've heard tell that there will be a Netflix series revolving around the Hollow Earth. You like your mythology, though. I think of the three of us, you're the one who's often drawn to the mythology of stuff. You love the law building. Yeah, you do. Guilty as charged. Yeah, you love law building. Um, yeah, so I, 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 I'm looking forward to it, and I, I know it'll be great, and I hope that it draws in more people to the Godzilla franchise. I'm curious to see what's going to happen beyond this in the MonsterVerse in terms of films, because I have heard, as you say, about a Netflix series, but are we going to get more films? Discuss. If it makes enough money, yes, we will. Yeah, it depends simple, on how simple it performs. It's one thing we've learned from Godzilla and Toho. If they make enough money for another one, they're going to do it. That's it. We're going to get more Godzilla movies anyway, because Toho has already gone on record to say that they have a Godzilla series planned outside of the Legendary series. Yeah. So it's, You'll it's get not going to end. It's not no, going to end. It's just, will Legendary continue? Yeah. Will the MonsterVerse continue? I mean, maybe they can start doing some original content. Because yeah. they can just pop in now and again and they'll just pay a small fee. Who knows? For let's get this, let's get this sure. film out of the way first. Because it's been a long time coming. Oh, Lord, yes, it has. Yeah. So I'm in the same boat as you, Alex, that I want to see this in IMAX. I was excited a year ago, but more than a year ago, to think there was chat on the UK Kaiju fans. Oh, we'll, all, we'll go to London. We'll all get a group together. We'll go see it now. It's going to be an event to watch it on my TV. Mm, not so much. And I haven't watched a single trailer. I know nothing about it. To be honest, I would quite happily wait until it comes to the cinema if it wasn't going to be for spoilers. But I think I'm going to have to rent it. Yeah, this is a thing. <sighs> yeah, the spoilers have been relentless. Yeah, so, so I, I've already seen a spoiler for the film just mm -hmm. by looking on a title on one of the I don't even. It just came up on like my Google, on my phone. It's just like a headline. I was like, oh, there, there right. it is. Now I know one of the characters in the film that I didn't know was going to be in it. Yeah. Yeah. The one I think, I think, spoiler, you can turn off the rest, you know, of this podcast. Yeah, but... spoiler, I now know Mechagodzilla's in it, but I had yeah, no yeah, idea yeah, until like a month so, ago. I forget who it was, but they were like, Mechagodzilla spoilers. I'm just like, Mechagodzilla Dude. spoilers, warning. Yeah. And it's just like, <laughs> yeah. okay, mate, let's what? just think for a moment. We didn't all, I mean, there were people that didn't know Mechagodzilla was going to be in this, and you... now you have just spoiled it. You could have watched that trailer. Warning. You could have watched that trailer, not frame by frame, because not everyone does that. Plenty of people just watch a trailer. You could have seen that and not stopped it frame by frame and gone, there it is, that's Mechagodzilla coming across the skyline. And similarly, you could have not paused it and gone, oh, look, there's the schematics of uh, Mechagodzilla in some techie room. But nope, everyone kind of spammed it and there were articles and... I have to say, one of the things I've enjoyed looking at other podcasts recently, there's, I think, um, it, I can't remember the name of it, but one podcast did Godzilla versus the clickbait. 
article, which I quite <laughs> like, because our fandom is quite guilty of it these days. The clickbait articles around Godzilla yeah. vs. Kong have been shocking. And there have can been I just, very... Can sp- I just call some folks out? Okay. Mm-hmm. Go for it. Screen rant. Oh, my Lord. I have had to just mute that, because every single thing, mm. it just feels like clickbait. Sorry, Screen Rant, listen to us, but that's what you're doing. Cut it out, please. <laughs> but it's just, we, yeah, we as a fandom need to get over that. And I think it's because this is such a well-established old fandom. Like we are a niche, but we are old. And like yeah. the same things keep circling back. So until they come up with a completely original idea, you have such an opportunity to spoil characters and plot points and nods and Easter eggs with anything you show our fandom. So yeah, one, stop writing clickbait articles about it and spoiling it for people. And two, studio execs, directors, special effects people, originality. I think you said earlier, I'm a big you know, advocate of let's get away from the big five. Like if they made a Varan movie right now, if they made a Titanosaurus movie, if they just did a standalone Jet Jaguar film where we're just showing his AI developed, like Vision and Marvel say, like how cool would that be? Like that would still be like the nostalgia, like people would see it coming. But if we did, I don't know, a solo Mudo movie, or yeah. if we did just an expedition to Hollow Earth with no big names attached to it, do you think that's what we can get now for following this film? Can we go that route? Can we go more lesser known hope, monsters that, hope, are, that are cheaper? I would hope, hope so. That, yeah, I hope yeah. that goes. On a rewatch of Godzilla King of the Monsters and a rewatch of Godzilla 2014, the Gareth Edwards one, I significantly prefer the Gareth Edwards movie. Yes. Which surprised me because I remembered Godzilla King of the Monsters being more fun and loud and kind of wah. But then I rewatched um, the 2014 Godzilla. I was like, this is actually bloody good. And I, I was. Gareth Edwards is a really good director. Yeah, he is. I, I, I mean, I, I love Rogue One. I think Rogue One's a wonderful oh. film. I um, love Monsters and Rogue One. And Mon- Monsters is great. And I know that you're not a huge fan of it, Paul, are you? I'm not a massive fan for the fact of, I think I went into it with the name of Monsters, expecting to see more monsters. Yeah. But, <laughs> no, I mean, he, he did do a great story line, mm. with mon- and the monsters were, were part of the background, more yeah. of the forefront, weren't they? That's all. Yes. He did but there's all nothing... the special effects for that, too. Yeah, so he's like, very talented. The budget, and like how few people were actually involved in that. Yeah. Absolutely incredible. <laughs> Filmmaking. On a rewatch of the 2014 Godzilla, what stood out most to me um, was just how fantastic the Mutos were. I think the Mutos are fantastic. That point when one of them just kind of goes to grab, I think like some kind of oil barge and just sort of drips it into its mouth and it looks fantastic. Um, yeah, I really, really rate the 2014 Godzilla movie. But I, lo- I love Kong Skull Island as well. Yeah, that's I a great, yeah. great fun film. I, I came to that late. I, I watched that under your recommendation because I think that was 2016. So that would have been at a point when my daughter was a toddler. So I think I was just kind of like wrapped up in parenting world. But I came to that late. I was like, this is great as well. 
And I was just thinking about um, on Twitter the other day because there was that um, your four favourite uh, monsters from the 21st century. And I was thinking about what, what they are. And one of them was that giant spider in Kong Skull Island, the one that you don't see the full shot of. Oh, yeah. But you see the legs. And there's that horrible part <laughs> where one of the soldiers just kind of has a leg Looks stuck down his thing. mouth. <laughs> and for having no blood, it's incredibly gnarly as death. It's a... Uh, but, yeah. So I think the when I go to see Godzilla vs. Kong... I imagine that the things I'm going to be most excited about won't be Kong versus Godzilla without sounding pretentious. I think it'll be odd little things that go, ah, I like that. More of that, please. I'm interested about that axe. Yes. Yeah. Again, more spoilers, but go on. <laughs> it's in we... every trailer, I mean. Yeah, no, no. Because <laughs> I haven't, se I haven't oh, seen yeah. a trailer. Sorry. Oh, you haven't seen a trailer? I haven't watched a single trailer. Sorry, Paul. But I did see a leak because there was a toy with him holding the axe. I was like, yeah. oh, okay. Yeah. So that's it. I can't escape these things. I've tried, but I can't. really bad. <laughs> it's actually a guitar. That's the kind of axe I was talking about. Mm -hmm. Have you How's seen... That? There's, there's like a meme. <laughs> there's like a meme where it's like, I'm coming on the edge of night is playing and Kong is just there behind the drums going, boom, boom, <laughs> boom. <laughs> and then gets on the aircraft carrier. He starts to dance. It's like, I'm coming on the edge. <laughs> Um, okay, wrapping it up, if nothing else. Wow, okay. Uh, okay, <laughs> so... Well, for, okay, no, for me, if nothing else, uh, King Kong Escapes, 1967, you know, starring Linda Miller, who we've had on the show, who is a wonderful human being and very entertained to hear her stories. I think King Kong Escapes is an absolutely great film from the same kind of decade as King Kong vs. Godzilla. There we go. Joe, you, um, are, you are the Kong man. Come on. Yeah. I'm the Kong man, but I've, I've recommended pretty much everything that there is Kong. I will say that um, you should check out Joe DeVito's Kong Skull Island, uh, which is fantastic. Absolutely incredible. You will not be disappointed as a Kong fan or as a Kaiju fan if you go down that route. It is not related to the MonsterVerse, but it is absolutely brilliant and wonderful lore making in its own right. But what I'm going to do is something completely different. And I'm going to go down the Project Nemesis route with Jeremy Robinson. Um, I'm not sure if either of you guys have read those books. No, seen heard of it. Heard of it, never read it. Okay. So it is a series of books. There is one, two, three, four, five, five and a half, because one of them is kind of a prequel, um, books, and they are just a love letter to the kaiju fandom, and they are brilliant fun, and Matt Frank designed the nemesis kaiju that is in these books, and he and Bob, he did some comics uh, for Project Nemesis, and Bob Eggleton also did alternative art covers for those comics, which are brilliant. And there's even a fun little nod in one of them where Donald Trump gets eaten by a nemesis creature, uh, which is hilarious, in my opinion. Um, but they are great. They are thriller novels. They have horror elements. There are kaiju elements. They go together very well. And they're fun. They are just honest fun and 
If you're a Kaiju fan, I highly recommend checking them out. They're on Amazon for nothing. So go ahead. Um, the books in the series are Project Nemesis, uh, Project Hyperion, Project 731, Project Legion, Project Myajo, and Island 731. So there's a lot to go through there. It will give you plenty to digest if you're a quick reader. And yeah, um, fun times. But books, read them. They're great. Books. <laughs> books, books are good. Books are good. Mm. I mean, I have no recommendations based on Godzilla or Kong, really. Nothing. Um, nothing at all. I feel like I've, I mean, as you say, Joe's the Kong man, and he's already gone through all of the Kong stuff. And Godzilla, well, apart from saying, watch Godzilla, King Kong versus Godzilla before the new one, doesn't seem really worth your time, because it's, it's going to be completely different, as far as I've been said. So I'm just going to say, um, hey, listeners, we have a YouTube channel. Go check out yeah! UK Kaiju. We're going to have the trailers and gameplay, model reviews, everything, really, hopefully. So, yeah, go check out UK Kaiju on YouTube. Thank you very much. Joe, do you want to take us away? As always, folks, keep it Kaiju, and thank you for listening. Peace out. What you have here, folks, is you have your really Ameri nice American, yep, really you're awkward Brit, absolutely, and another awkward Brit watching with the light. That's like, yeah, why am I watching this? Right. This is worse. Bare background context. So Joe wants to make more space on his shelves. Joe is thinking of getting rid of his thirty centimeter Rodan. Alex wants the thirty centimeter Rodan. Who will make an offer <laughs> when both are polite people? I mean, can you write a piece of? You can't. You can't just slide it over on a table. But maybe you can. I wonder. I just. I, I don't even remember how much I originally bought it for. Like oh, that's the thing. What an excuse. No, I really don't. I don't know what its value is. Uh, I don't. That's not good enough. No. Come on, Joe. Be bold. I don't know. They were originally a hundred and fifty quid thereabouts. I think. Oh, wow! <laughs> So I was going to go like two thirds of that. Oh, no, that no, was too low. What? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sorry. I have no idea. You, you, you I, don't, let, I don't know what that was. You let me down. You let Rodan down. You let Paul's mum down. I would have given you. I would just give it to you. No, you can't do that. No, I'd be embarrassed. Mm. Right. Thank you, folks. <laughs>